All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so listen, we are actually live. We are Absolutely. live. Absolutely. We are live and we are ready. We got some good stuff to talk about. Huh. You ready for this? Um, listen, I I, I got my notepad. I'm going to take notes. So but before we get too, too deep into things, I'll I just do a short introduction uh, of myself. My name is Keisha. I am one of the hosts of this wonderful podcast, Regal Mindset. Uh, and I have my other co-host, uh, Joy, uh, and I'll have her take over from here and introduce our very special guests. Absolutely. So I am Joy, the coach, Young. I am the life coach of the Winning Circle. My pronouns are millionaire, mystic, and mindset transformer. You can call me anything in between, and I'm perfectly fine, but it depends on if I answer or not. But I am so excited today because, again, this is our first live. We did a previous recording. This is our first live um, podcast under the Regal Mindset. And the name says it all in exactly what type of topics that we're here to promote but we're so excited tonight because we have a guest. Um, this is just Sarah Glover Doolin. And I hope I pronounced your new last name correctly. Yeah, so she <laughs> is the owner of Create Your Own Oasis LLC. She's a licensed counselor. She is a professional coach and corporate trainer. And we're so glad that you're here to bring your knowledge, to bring uh, give us a better understanding and help us look at things differently in the topic that we're going to capture tonight. So I want to give you the opportunity to just give us a little bit more on your background, give us some more of your introduction, and we're going to go right into our topic um, after you've completed your introduction. Yes, I love that. First of all, thank you so much for the invite, Keisha. Enjoy the coach. <laughs> I am so I'm so honored to be here tonight. And this, I have to say, that talking about mental health and educating the public about the importance of it is has become one of my one of my loves. Um, so I am outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and as Joyce stated. I am the owner of Create Your Own Oasis, and I provide mental health service and counseling for primarily adults. And I like to say that I specialize in helping people to navigate transitions of any sort and kinds. Right. Um, so having said that, I was telling Joy that a lot of people within my, um, a lot of my clients, probably 85% of them happen to be in the LGBTQIA community. Okay. Because right. they come as a result of transitioning, trying to figure things out, trying to navigate. And um, I happen to have a, a, a healthy blend of exposure in that because I have family members in the community. But then also from a religious background, I have that piece because there's also the intersectionality of religion with right. that. And so... Um, I found myself in Atlanta, which is the heart, you know, the, <laughs> the Mecca. <laughs> the mega. <laughs> and so I'm I'm working, I'm proudly working with that community. I consider myself an ally for the community, right? So um i I wanted to set that up and say that first and foremost. But <clears throat> So here I am, happy to be here, working on completing my doctorate. I'm actually oh, in yeah. my third year and getting ready to just dive into dissertation work only. And I cannot wait. I only have two weeks left. <laughs> and oh. coursework 
done. Coursework is done and we're just diving into the dissertation. So I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm hoping that you all will glean um, a lot from this time together. And I'm looking forward uh, to gleaning from you all as well. So thank you once again. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I want to put this in. She is accepting new clients. Okay, so we're going to give oh, her the yeah, opportunity to make sure that she gives us all the details and please have insurance, but I'm pretty sure she'll work <laughs> with you, but insurance is always good. But she is accepting clients, so we want to make sure that yes. this conversation is not only here, but if you need help, yeah. there is help. So Yes, I and I have a, a team in. of clinicians. Yeah, thank you. A team of clinicians that I'm working with. I'm licensed in three states. Okay, so in Maryland, Florida, and Georgia, and three other states will be pending first quarter of next year. But um, I have a team of clinicians, and we all are um, the LGBTQIA affirming. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, we are accepting new clients. Some clients, uh, some of the clinicians accept insurance. I don't. However, I do issue super bills for insurance reimbursement, and we can talk a little more about that later in the in the process. So Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump into this. All right. What is our topic? Hey, listen, the first question and and, and hopefully uh, you can shed light on if we go, you know, slightly off topic, then you're certainly welcome to expound on any subject or content uh, that, that we talk about here tonight, because we want to be sure that the people are getting the information that they want, need, that they can relate to. And that, you know, certainly that will be of service or help for them. Sure. So mm -hmm. the first question uh, or scenario that we've got, uh, can you tell us if there's any flags for mental health concerns, um, whether we have a family member, a family member, a coworker or a loved one, someone that we may see some some things going on that we're not quite sure. Uh, it could be they're having a bad day or if this is really a flag that says that there may be some mental issues or some mental health uh, concerns. Yeah, so that's a great question. So when it comes to identifying red flags, I often say that it's very important two things. Uh, to look at significant change in behavior and or mood. Um, and I'll give some other um, indicators there. And also persistence, mm -hmm. right? Um, we all have bad days. Yeah. But when we start talking about a flag for a mental health challenge, I, my, my personal and professional recommendation is that you're looking at these things being persistent for at least mm -hmm. two weeks to four, uh, two weeks to four weeks to a month consistently. So that could be a change in your mood, um, your desire to um, integrate and socialize, a change in your, your diet, um, change in how you view things, suicidal thoughts, um, persistent worry. Uh, those can be signs and indicators if there is a drastic right change and if it's persistent. The other thing I want to throw out is this. One of the things we don't talk about enough in the community with regards to a red flag is genetics mm. and knowing our family history. We don't ask the right questions about whether mm. or not we have loved ones who have suffered with depression, Facts. loved ones who have suffered with anxiety, because when we have the genetic predisposition, then those of us that are exposed to that, the likelihood of us having mental health challenges increase. Right. That's and, good stuff. And, now, if I could, the, one of the reasons why that question was uh, one of our opening questions is because 
it is a very common thing. And I don't know about heterosexuality because I haven't been there. And so, um, but in our community, I'm being real, in okay. our community, it. it they is they we trauma bond mm. so ah, much. Facts. And okay. something that me and Keisha we talked about a while back was the killings was these they fight in the middle of the street fight at the club come home kissing it's just it's so much and it's like the maturity level that is there is just so unfortunate you know in my personal opinion but it's like dude if it's a red flag it's a red flag not we always you know especially the lesbians i don't understand what their problem is they want to be there to help everybody through everything. And, and you can literally, I put a, um, I commented on the somebody post and it was like, you just love somebody for who they are. Well, listen, I got standards and, you know, I'm a jokingly say it, but sometimes it's a little truth in there. I want somebody with two legs and two arms. Don't come in here. I don't want you to live in my life and I'm not going to marry you just to bury you. I want to be able to have life with you. And so they think that you are just, you know, uh, inhuman because you don't want to get with somebody and their insides are rotting and out and then you've got to take care of them for the rest of your life and then they die. I'm not that type of lesbian. And so my whole point to, the, the, to, that, the, to that question is we have to pinpoint these are red flags. This is not a love thing to where I can come in and I can love this out of you. I'm not. Goodbye. I'm not doing it. See, so you saying you saying a lot here. Okay. It's a lot that you're saying, which is good. And so when it comes to I have a lot of thoughts and my, my perspective on this may not be popular. Okay? No, go ahead. Give it to us. But when when I when I hear people talk often and clients talk about red flags, often Red flags is a deflection from a deeper work that that person needs to do. What do right. I mean? Okay. What do I mean by this? Now, so I'm going to give you an example of myself. Let me just put myself out there. So I was when I was out there dating, mm-hmm. I one of the things that I knew that I struggled with was I was very bad about making assumptions about what people did or how they in, encountered me. And so I was out on on a date with this guy. This was probably our second time out. I really, really liked him. It was like, I could see us together and da, 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 da. And so I showed that anxious part of me, right? Mm. And he said, oh, that's a red flag and I don't want to deal with it. With right. Him. And it hit me to the core, right? Because right. I immediately said, okay, I'm a good person. That's a flaw that I have, but I'm a good person. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that I do in my work is try to help my clients to look at, okay, is this red flag something that is triggering to you because you haven't worked through it yourself? Mm. And is it something that is not necessarily a red flag, meaning toxic and going to take you out of here, but something that you really prefer Hey, it's a preference. I right. don't like uh, it. This is not it. This is not my thing. Yeah. Because we can use that a lot of times to keep ourselves out of relationships that can make us grow. Mm. That's a good point. Absolutely. You understand? So yeah, I'm just saying what I'm saying. So this goes back to my point, right? So we're looking at patterns in people and what is the outcome of those patterns? Are those patterns destructive or is it something that 
he late, she late. I don't like the fact that she always mm-hmm. late or she get da, 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 da. And it's like, we all have something that someone else would consider a red flag. We all have these red flags. So now it's determining really, really, really what is the impact of that flag. Right. Oh boy, didn't have to do what he did to me. But <laughs> y'all, he didn't. But listen, he was done. He cut me off and he wasn't even kind about it. Right, right. You understand? But for him, that's what he saw. And that's what he felt. And that's what he equated as a red flag. So that's that one part that I just kind of want to bring out. Y'all don't have to agree, but just let me No, No, I agree. With regards to that. The second thing is this, what I found in the community, in the LGBTQIA community. I do a lot of work around identity. Mm. So when it comes to what you're describing, a lot of times it's my clients only identifying with one part of who they are, which Mm -hmm. oftentimes is the sexuality. Mm. So the sexuality then becomes the justification for behavior, for this, for that. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's other parts of you to consider. Let's dive into that. Right. Which is almost what we talked about last week, the miseducation of the stud. Because really? before we were safe in our own identity on how we presented ourselves to the world, mm-hmm. we all went through those little changes. You know, where even though a lot of us knew, you know, early, I like women. This is what I like. I'm not on that other, you know, type of, of yeah. preference. We went through the clothing change to make us into identity, the hair, the haircuts, the mannerism, until now the most mature um, group is like, I don't care. I'll come in with a tuxedo and a clutch bag and a top hat, you know, and and I'm safe. And you still, right, and you still, and you embrace your femininity, whatever that means, right? Right. It's not the same with the millennial group. That's where a lot of my clients are. It's very different. Ah, Right. So you have the, to your point, matured um, studs or lesbians. And then you Mm -hmm. have these that are still trying to figure out how do I want to present? And so we're walking through that because a lot of that is unclear. Right. Even within the community, they feel judged even in the community. Yeah. Because I judge them. I'm, I, yeah. I, I try to offer them some grace. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm judging to, to a certain extent. They only got like that much. <laughs> my, my, well, my dad, I mean, she's more patient than I am. I'm like, it is what it is. Listen, it ain't that serious. But she it, has more patience than I do. I've seen it in action. I don't. I don't. You don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. It is. I'm like, I don't like it. I know you. Don't, you don't like it. I get, and it's not that easy. No. And and I do, and you know, and when, what we talked about last week, I have a bias, and I I see that bias because okay. my coming out, I never had a coming out story. I see. I never had rejection, how most people had. I see. I've been on my own for so long, I never had to say, "Ooh, mom, I'm gay." No, I was, and <laughs> you can like it or not. And I've always <laughs> lived that life. I never had nobody ever had to tell me that because. You so broke up. I have okay. to learn to uh-huh. sympathize. Uh oh, what about now? Now you. Okay. you I had to learn how to sympathize, right? Sympathize with people who had those experiences 
And I was very judgmental, more than what I am now. You know, I was like, why? What What you mean? Like, they, you can't dress? No. Tell me, shut up. You know, so I had to go through that because I didn't have those experiences. I had a good opportunity to live my, my freedom while I was finding myself. Yeah, and, and most people don't have that. Right, and I feel bad. So you're, you're very, very fortunate because most people don't have that. A lot of the people that come to me, mm. now here's, here's, here's some research here. People in the community, 39% of them have mental health conditions. That's about 5.8 million people. Mm. Now, if you if you if you took that and then put that in the heterosexual context, right, that you know the population is two to three times more likely to be dealing with emotional distress, right, substance use. There's a lot of there's a lot, and that was just last year. Mm. Right. Wow. Right. That's staggering. So I think that. The conversation. One of the one of the questions here is how do we cre create a community, right, right, for these conversations to take place? Is not necessarily sympathy, but empathy. Mm -hmm. A place where you and 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 in research, there's a term called cultural humility, where taking it a step beyond empathy to where you actually begin to acknowledge, hey, listen, I don't know what you know. This is the humility piece. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you know. Teach me, learn me, as they mm -hmm. say, learn me. Gotcha. Because I don't, I don't understand. So then that takes that to the, you're not coming into the situation as the expert. You're letting them lead and guide you. Gotcha. Even in the community. That's gotcha. a great tool. Okay. Yeah, that's a great tool. So hopefully people are listening yeah. and they take heed of that. That actually, uh, that is great. Let, let me let me let me kind of segue into our next question because that is going to be helpful and, and hopefully people understanding um, how people relate to one another or couples uh, in relationships, whether it's straight, gay, whatever the case is, how can couples or same sex couples support one another uh, with an understanding or, or to, to, to your point? some grace uh, with understanding the atmosphere for, for one another and their mental well-being? The first thing being commonality. Mm. Ah. Okay. Okay. Your, your shared experience. Uh-huh. You cultivate and you build upon your shared experience, right? Mm -hmm. The intersectionality that oftentimes you experience, the disparity and cultural competency when I say cultural competency, care, people mm -hmm. knowing how to relate to the community. Right, mm -hmm. right. Right? Um, so all, of these, all of these factors that are uh, typically can be seen as barriers are very, the very things that couples can build upon. That empathy piece is, you know, that is very important. Right. But that also requires that the person is willing, that persons are willing. Okay, okay. Everybody is willing, right? You're right. Right. You're right. I, I was just going to add to that. I think in the same sex uh, dynamic or of a relationship, we oftentimes find that commonality really fast. <laughs> Hence okay. the U-Haul concept. 
Okay. And I feel like there's some danger in that in terms of not really seeing things for really what they are. We're missing those flags. Mm-hmm. And because we're so caught up in trying to be loved. Yeah. See what, and then that ties back to what I said, identity. I do a lot of work once again around identity and insight because Mm. identity I found for a lot of people in the community is one sided, one dimension, Mm -hmm. just the sexuality. It's hard for them to see themselves outside of that. And a part of that is because society portrays that as well. Right. We don't see yeah. we don't see a gay person as being one who can be caring or one who has a whole career or one who has family who loves family who is who is educated who's a volunteer somehow we compartmentalize and make the community only about sex that creeps over into how the person views themselves I am mm. so glad you said that she said that we did yeah yeah exactly because it's it's People don't know the economical strength, just the not just the African American community, but the LGBT community have, and they dismiss it because they think that we don't exist in other spaces other than who we hump on. Listen, you do a lot of, and a lot of my clients are also business owners. Ah. Right. So they're making impact. But a lot of times they're confused because once again, identity They're they sometimes even go hard in that because they're trying to prove that they're more than a lesbian or more than. Absolutely. You understand? And Mm -hmm. so really, really trying to help to navigate that balance. And I, I went off a little bit, but yeah. No, 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 you're perfectly fine. You're absolutely right. I think uh, a lot of, to to, to both of you all's point, uh, a lot of people don't realize, like you said, that we do manage and have healthy relationships within our families, within our communities, that we are business owners, that we are CEOs, that we are, you know, entrepreneurs, that we are, we hold, you know, political uh, um, titles uh, in a political uh, area. Uh, There's some ministers. There's, I mean, we have... It's so much more to the LGBTQ uh, community uh, than people would give us credit for, because I think it's easier for them to continue to dismiss us. But I, t- I take that as just ignorance. Yeah, I'm just saying. And the fact that they don't realize we're good parents, too. Absolutely. I was getting ready to say good parents, good people. Some of my best clients. Okay. I'm trying to tell you, I, and I'm not trying to fluff. It, it really is the truth, the absolute truth. I think that um, normalizing, right? Mm-hmm. Really normalizing the experience of the homosexual, the lesbian, that they are doing life. Right. Everything that life entails that a heterosexual engage in. Mm-hmm. Right. Engage in it as well. But it helps them feel comfortable and understand better if we say, well, I'm the man in a relationship and she's the woman in a relationship. And I'm like, I ain't nobody got time to explain all that to you because I'm not giving you a visual. That's what you want. And (laughs) you're not going to live vicariously through me. Yeah. I I think it's in in addition to ignorance is fear. Mm -hmm. Uh And I also think a huge part of this is also patriarchal. Right. Right keeping it in a certain context was familiar because that feels right. Mm-hmm. 
If I can't define it, if it's not black or white, then I have a problem with that. And I try to help to teach people to kind of live in the gray because nothing really exists in my mind in those polar, those polar worlds. Right, right. Everything is on a spectrum to me. Mm -hmm. That's how I I see things, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't. So I think a lot of it is fear. People are not only ignorant, but they're ignorant because of fear, unknown. And then they want to hold on to mm-hmm. what they what they deem is reality and truth. Mm-hmm. Got it. What what I hope people gather or or one of the things that I hope people take away from this particular show, this podcast uh, in itself is we're looking to change your mindset out of that place. Right. Mm-hmm. So as she just said, uh, it, it's some of it is ignorance or just complacent or, or comfort comfortable being comfortable just living the way that you were Mm -hmm. what i hope you see from myself from joy and other members within the community is that we are more than you feel like we're different we're we're a lot the same right at our core we are the same Right. We want to have to have healthy relationships. Absolutely. We want to raise our kids. We want to be able to travel. We want to own homes. 100%. We want to own businesses. We want to yeah. do everything else that everyone else. The only difference in us and the heterosexual community is whom we choose to love. Exactly. That's and really that's your the business. only business. And that's absolutely right. And I can do it because I want to. <laughs> you sure can. You sure can. So here, here's another question for you. And uh, I'm sure this is going to help some people as well. Um, why is it important for us to have regular mental health check-ins? And what does that really look like? So first, let me go to what it looks like. So what it looks like for individual or for a, a family member, it's really setting setting aside some time to to check in, to ask the questions, but also if there are things that have been going on that you observe, to kindly, gently say, "Hey, babe, or whoever, uh-huh. I'm noticing X, Y, and Z, and I'm kind of, I have I have some questions, or I want to know what what's going on, um, and be willing to listen." Embrace those kind of conversations with curiosity, mm-hmm. not with judgment. Mm-hmm. So non-judgmental, right? Broaching it with with love and the respect that you would want others to give you. So I like to think of mental health check-ins like pillow talk, okay. right? Okay, right, babe. What's 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 going on? How you feeling? What's ah. the, you know, you know, I. I X, Y, and Z happened, and I want to check in with you and see how you you felt about that, right? Um, Because things are constantly changing. And so there's a strategy to it. You don't want those check-ins to be so formal because you're not the professional, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You want it to be from a place and space of genuine concern and love. Now, why is it important? It's important because, I don't know, can I cuss on here? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> because, because shit happens. Okay. Okay. Shit happens and life is lifing. Yes. So when life is lifing and shit is happening, we have to check in with ourselves and figure out with ourselves and our loved ones, how are you adjusting and how are you doing? I want to check right. in with you. Mm-hmm. Because when things are drastic and things change, 
everybody doesn't respond the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. And this ties into that resiliency factor. These are opportunities to build resilience in those moments if necessary. But it's important because life is changing that you have these check ins. The fact that the relationship is constantly changing. You cannot not check in with your spouse, your partner and think that everything is going to be okay because they're evolving too. Everything yep, right. is evolving constantly. Right. Yeah. And I think and personally, I we had to adapt that because I know with my wife, she's always on that. I know you, 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 you systematic. Well, she don't say systematic. That's the word I use, but I, I'm very routine. <laughs> if I oh, okay. Away, okay. You're routine. Okay. I, so we break the routine. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, and, but, but, in that routine, how I may have felt or a decision may have been one way today, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but something could have happened that tomorrow I would answer that same question differently. See, So, you know, those, those check-ins and then what happened was it would be a frustration where, okay, well, you don't know me. You're not even listening to me because you automatically think. Just because when I go to Starbucks, I get a, a, a caramel macchiato with soy venti hot every day that I can and you know I'm not I don't care if I drink it all I want that size I want that drink and I want that soy but then that's not the same thing is the way that I felt about another situation that could render a different you know a response and so we had to make it regular like all right well do you even still like blue because I could because last month and and the way my mind works you know, and that good old ADHD. I remember that you said three months ago that you liked this particular dog. And this is a true story. I remember somebody saying they like the bulldog. <laughs> I happened to find one a couple of months later, bought it and come to find out it wasn't even her that said it. It was actually <laughs> one of our kids. But all I remember, somebody said a bulldog. And it was that, you know, I'm like, you know what? We need to talk more because all I remember was a bulldog. And I don't went about this dog that done ripped up a sofa and all of this stuff. So yeah, those regular check-ins are extremely necessary. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, they, it's, it's so necessary. Joy, I really love that example because my husband says that to me often now, right? He says, <laughs> just because I said X, Y, and Z yesterday don't mean I feel that way today. And in my it head, don't. I'm, like, I'm like, what? You said you need to go with us. You need to come with us. But being able to be, but being <laughs> able to be flexible, right, and mm-hmm. giving people permission back to creating the, the environment. Part yeah, right. of creating that environment is acceptance, mm-hmm. right? You accept people and their choice to change their minds, right? Right. You accept them, their choice to change their mind, and then you adjust. And that's and not always easy. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not always easy. And yeah. we had to, we had to literally get that, that inner, you get the intervention to understand with those changes. It wasn't purposeful or anything like that. I literally just changed my mind. However, if I go to Applebee's, you already know what I'm going to get. If I go here, you, it's certain things that's not, that's very standard. They're not going to change. They're very stationary with me. But then there's certain things like, you know what? I didn't like that outfit, but I really do like that on you today. Hmm. And she might not wear it for a whole three months, right? You said you didn't like it. Well, well, you ain't trying to get one again. Give me another chance. I like it today. 
Oh, God. It's a lot. Yeah, personalities, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. I heard you put a little S on that. <laughs> That's fine. I can accept it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think we can all agree that uh, it's fair. For one, we, we certainly have to do the importance of doing the check-ins, right? That's, yeah. that's imperative. We have yep. to do that. Yeah. Not just with our loved ones, our significant others, but we have to do that with other people who are, you know, close to us, whether it's a family member, it could be a child, it could be a, a co-worker or a mm-hmm. neighbor, right? We have neighbors that we can check on, you know, and not necessarily that we have to make changes in their life, but just, you know, how are you doing? I know you live by yourself, you know, are things okay? You know, is there anything right. that I can do? We can have to I, do that as good stewards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And can I insert this as it's coming to me? It's important to check in on the strong ones too. Yes. Right. Yes. Right? The ones who may not be as vocal mm-hmm. because they're always there for other people. It's so important. And sometimes we minimize that. But I want to encourage us to your point, Keisha. Part of this is good stewardship. Yes. Looking out for each other. The strong one checking in. How you doing today? I know you're carrying the load. I see you working hard. What do you need? And this is why normalizing mental health care and this whole check in and self-care. All of this is so important. Mm-hmm. And if I could add something into to that. Check on yourself sometimes because sometimes you have to be honest with yourself. Say, you know what? I'm not yep. good today. Yep. And vocalize because, that. Yeah. Because yep. what, what happens is it's an irritation and a lash out. Mm-hmm. And yes. I used to be like that. If I'm yes. getting frustrated at work or something, the next person asks me a question. It <laughs> literally gets everything that I should have gave somebody else. Yeah. And that was a, a big issue until I learned to say like, all right. Because me, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to fix it. And it doesn't necessarily come out of here. It's always in here. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm not, so I have to say, you know, and then I also have to ask for certain space. If I'm having that moment, you know, my wife will see me and she'll be like, do you want a hug? Not right now. Give me a few moments. And we had to institute that type of conversation because don't get mad when I don't want your hug. I need, I need a moment right now. It's not rejection. Yeah. Exactly. And she was taking right. it like, oh, yeah. you don't want you you don't want me yeah. to help you. That's not the case. The case is I probably rip your head off right now. And it's not your head that I need to rip off. You yeah. just so happen to be there. And, you know, and, and we've learned that balance. And I know it's a lot to, you know, take in when your partner has these struggles and things like that. And and but um, it's important to be able to understand and be so self-aware that you can mm-hmm. help set those stand those boundaries and say all right if just if i'm quiet just give me 15 minutes i'll be back but you can't come in and interrupt it or it's going to disrupt a lot and we're going to be in the wrong space for at least a month yeah no that's- that sounds like healthy that's a healthy boundary that you that you all have set but amongst you two that says, hey, yeah, or behavior is, is probably mm-hmm. more accurate that, hey, when I'm feeling like this, that I may just need some extra time. I'm not saying right. that I don't want you, right? Because right? that's okay to say so that they're reassured that it's not you personally. It may be just something that I'm dealing with and I mm-hmm. need to take some time for myself. Right. That's all I'm asking for. Uh, so that's healthy conversation, healthy behaviors. That's what it sounds like to me. And we're all entitled to do that. Right. 
We should be doing that. Yeah. We should. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I love the fact that you highlighted that joy because being able to really, really um, be healthy is to really be aware. Mm-hmm. That's the work. And one of the practical ways that I teach my clients to become self-aware is two things. I teach them the importance of journaling mm-hmm. because journaling and writing allows you to see and allows you to articulate and to get it out of your head and out of your heart onto paper. Right. Because whether or not people realize it or not, but when it stays in your head and on your heart, it takes up space mm. and it brings clutter mm-hmm. and it becomes enmeshed. You're not able to separate the situation from what you're feeling. But when right. you put it on paper, you put distance between it. It's called cognitive mm. diffusion. You put distance between what you're thinking and how you're feeling and the situation so that it's not so enmeshed, right? Oh man, that's um, great. So it's, a, it's important to do that because we, we, we're not aware. Um, so really journaling, making sure that you're journaling and getting it out, but also making sure that you're paying attention to your body when mm-hmm. you're in certain situations. Paying attention to your nervous system because when there are situations where you may feel emotionally unsafe, mm-hmm. there's a physiological response that's happening. Mm-hmm. And so we don't listen to that all the time. We don't even know. We mm-hmm. don't know. Jeez. But when yeah. you become aware, you can be in the midst of someone and you don't feel safe. And all, the, all of a sudden your heart starts palpitating really fast. And if you're not so aware right. of if you're not aware of that, you won't ask yourself the right question. What's happening in my environment right now that's causing this reaction? Because then that is information, awareness that can help you identify a potential trigger. That's good. That's good. But it's all about being aware. Because Correct. if you don't do the work to become self-aware, to do what you need to do to know you you always blame it on somebody else and it always be them. The reason why you're the way you are. Okay. And I feel like we have to add honesty there because a lot of times, like you said, it's okay to be aware of how you're feeling, but if you're the only person that knows that, then other people may perceive or take that or receive that as something (laughs) else. Absolutely. I have to, you're absolutely right. I have to be honest, even with myself, my Mm -hmm. wife and say, listen, um, okay, this is where I'm at right now. And I know that you're frustrated and I may be frustrated, but I have to be honest with you. I, I don't like how I feel. I don't like the way this looks. I don't like what whatever that is and be okay with that. And, and if I need to walk away or if we need some time or whatever, then it's okay to do that. But we mm-hmm. have to change our thought process and one, be honest with where we are. Honest. Be able to communicate that and be aware that mm-hmm. it's okay to feel that way and to be able to communicate and share that. Well, yes. we have to we have to normalize that emotions yes. mm-hmm. are neutral. Mm. The word the word emotions, the etymology of the word emotions means movement. It's a philosophical term, movement. Oh, okay. When emotions show up, it's information to let mm-hmm. you know that something is moving in you. And wow. needs to move out of you, right? Wow. That's neither good nor bad. It's information. 
Right. It becomes bad or good depending on our response to the information. Right. You preaching. Don't make okay. me run. Yeah, I mean, do you, un- you understand what I'm yes. saying? Absolutely. If an emotion shows up, the emotion of fear is not a bad emotion until I respond or react in a way that may be harmful to somebody else. Okay. Wow. The feeling, the emotion itself has to show up because it's indicating something to my nervous system something is going on right here, right now that I need to be aware of. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. When I'm not aware of That's that, good. when I don't pay attention to what's happening on the inside of me or when I'm taught to ignore my gut because that I part. teach my clients, your gut has a part. Your gut right. is really your nervous system. Mm. Hey, don't listen. That's gonna help a lot of people. Listen, if I was fully dressed, I would run right now, but I'm not. (laughs) I don't want to know what's below the table. (laughs) I'm trying to be professional, but you, but you're not gonna do us like that, and don't think you're not gonna get an emotion because something is moving. I mean, but do you understand what I'm saying? You gotta do. You have to make it a norm. So all of this, there can be no truth. There can be no check-ins until we normalize that our emotions are part of our human experience and not even just our human experience. If we want to go there, it's part of our spiritual experience as well. Right, right, because right. Because it lets right. us know something is going on. Something in the, in the hmm. environment is up. And then it's up to me to do the investigating and to be curious about what it is. Right. This is where that awareness and truth and the inner parts come. You know, truth. You understand? This is how we get to that place where then we can say, babe, this is really what was going on with me. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. Listen, that's great stuff. (laughs) And I I know we say this all the time. People need to hear that and understand that. Yes, and right. we have to normalize yes. all of the conversation that we're having tonight. It is okay to have those emotions, just like you said. Yeah, because it you is know okay what? to articulate that, and and that's what I think is missing because everybody's yeah. so self-diagnosing themselves. Exactly, it's easier to Google, and next thing you know, exactly talking be like. Oh, I got bipolar this week, but you really just having a real emotion. Well, listen, you haven't identified yet. Listen, listen. <laughs> you one of your one of your questions is about the external environment. How do I, how do I respond to the external environment? And the truth mm-hmm. is, the external environment is not your responsibility. It's the internal environment. Okay, it's a response to what's happening on the outside, right? Right. Because Mm -hmm. contextually, environmentally, even if we look at when it comes to diagnosing individuals, for a lot of people, it's not necessarily a clear diagnosis, and as much as it is contextual and environmental factors, right? Even when you look at studies like the ACE studies, adverse childhood experience studies that was done back in the seventies, right, Mm -hmm. in African American Mm -hmm. communities with Kaiser. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of what they encountered was due to environments in terms of their mental health adversity and di- diagnosis was due to the environment that they came from or that they were raised in. If you mm-hmm. change the environment, you expose somebody to something else, then, of course, you know, that exposure to something else gives you an opportunity to respond differently. But ultimately, you cannot control what's happening there. Right. 
Okay. Right. But you can control this here. Yes. Because we live by that 90% on what happens to me and 10% on how I react. On how I react. And that's where resiliency is birthed. Right. Mm -hmm. That's where that skill oh, is man. developed. This is so good. That's where the Absolutely. skill is developed, right? It's in those moments when you cannot, there is, the, you know, there's this locus of control that we have to recognize that we don't have. And that's mm -hmm. outside of us. Right. And often the reason mm -hmm. why we're so unaware is because we're busy looking outside mm -hmm. versus looking inside. Mm -hmm. that, oh my God. Listen, that takes us to the next point. Oh, that God, takes us directly. Okay, we're going to pass the basket <laughs> in at the end. So, <laughs> Healthy behaviors. Now this I love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, this is, I, in my opinion, this is beautiful. Developing healthy behaviors. How can you help us define what healthy behaviors are in the context of mental well-being? Management. Oh. Self-management. Okay. Okay. So let's go back to emotions. Okay. Let's go back to emotions. Let's build on it. If I am anxious and I put anxiety on a, on a spectrum, mm -hmm. zero to 10, then what healthy behavior looks like is this. If I am anxious, which anxiety is a part of everybody's life, mm -hmm. then I can manage it so that it does not go above five. Okay. I can okay. recognize healthy coping mechanisms, mm -hmm. triggers, things that can help me to stay in a place where I am not irrational or allowing intrusive thoughts to take me to a place that now I'm dysregulating. Mm -hmm. So management is key when it comes to healthy behaviors. It's management and self-acceptance. Here's the other piece. I tell my client, I just told a client yesterday, just because you're depressed doesn't mean you're you're not whole. Mm. What? Oh, that's a good but Just because like you're depressed doesn't mean you're not whole. What do you mean? Mm. Depression is a part of who you are. But if you have the ability to manage the depression, it's still a part of your person, but it doesn't make you broken. It just makes you one who deals with depressive symptoms. Right. Okay. I can get that. Mm -hmm. I can get that. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have to make that. So it's about self-management. It's about personal acceptance, healthy behaviors. It's about being able to tolerate <laughs> when you might miss the mark and not what Joy said, diagnose myself as now, oh, I got, you know, I'm BPD, you know, all, all, all I'd be like, come on. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not what's happening at all. Now, that's not to say, I'm also not minimizing, there are some people with these clinical diagnoses. But once again, what I said in the beginning is we're looking at severity of symptoms and persistence. Most of what people deal with in terms of their emotions and behaviors is contextual and environmental. Right. Mm. Right. Because it's like you don't want to take away a person's feelings of how they're how they're choosing to identify what they're going through. Correct. But I know that I dealt with depression before I understood what I was being depressed from. Exactly. And so it's like, exactly. okay, that depression is just my response to that disappointment, to that hurt, to this. 
So once I got those fixed, I'm not claiming depression no more because that was just a response on that situation. Mm -hmm. Correct. And when you understand how your brain back to depression, because this is important, negativity bias is mm -hmm. something that the brain latches on to, particularly in depressed clients, that and confirmation bias. So whenever a negative experience happens to someone who's depressed, their brain, the amygdala, will latch on to that and seek to, to point out that bias in every situation. So it's a hook. Mm. It so it's hard them. for them to see themselves coming out of depression yep. because of the bias that their brain has created. Now, the way you change that is to work with the brain, right? So okay. you begin to restructure and expose your brain to other ways of thinking, reframing, reconstructing thoughts so that then neuroplasticity takes place and you begin to start thinking differently. Right. Right. As you begin to do that, the environment is changing. Mm -hmm. And then so now depression isn't really about even it being clinical. Right. Mm. Our bodies and everything is designed. It all works together. Mm hmm. It's our brain is powerful. Right. When I tell depressed clients that your, your brain cells have the ability every night to recreate themselves, that process is neurogenesis, that your brain cells can literally, when you get proper sleep, proper diet, doing the right things, your brain cells recreate themselves mm -hmm. and you can establish new thought patterns by exposure to them. Right, right. Right. Oh, my God. So this all works together. Right. When you have that and you have the awareness, when you have the awareness and when you are open to educating yourself. Right. And when you have a therapist who will challenge your thoughts. Right. Because a lot of therapists don't. They want to, yeah. you to keep reliving them, rehashing them. And the next session, you're doing the same I'm thing. Not that, I'm not that yeah, girl. I, yeah. <laughs> And I you and I stopped going because of that reason. Because I'm like, yeah. I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah, no, you're gonna be challenged in myself. I, when you yeah. come to me, I'm assuming that you want to get better. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm like, yeah. I am so tired of talking about it. And then yeah. even in the world of life coaching, they don't understand. Like, I'm not here to talk you through that. Yes. Let me know when you have made up in your mind for a change, and I can help you with navigate through that change. I'm not here to talk about what happened to you when you was five. I personally don't care because I have a lot of stuff that happened to me when I was five and it was good. So I don't want to live your bad at five. And seeing that's the difference between coaching and therapy. So I, I need to. I don't want to hear. <laughs> I need I gotta, to know. I got to know. But do you understand what I'm saying? Y'all yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I so healthy the behaviors. I said all of that. All of that. You're giving us a lot of tools tonight. I hope everybody's paying attention. I know, and and I and I want them to just to revisit this video multiple That's times awesome. because yeah. that is like, listen, you have to want that change. Yeah, you have to accept that change, and yeah. you have to do what it takes to maintain, well, make and maintain that change. If not, like you said, that hook, you're gonna get stuck, and nobody want to deal with you because okay. you got to keep in mind when people have progressed and made certain changes in their life 
you will be left over there because we don't want you to bring that energy over here because I nobody wants to deal with it. And I have friends like that to where you had to be honest and say, you literally, you're bringing me down. I can't deal with it. And you have to make, yeah. it's like, we don't want to talk about the damages. We're yeah. here to have a drink and have a good time. Smile through it if you got to. We don't want to, and people think that you're mean and harsh yeah. When you're rejecting that emotion that they want to give out, you're not, we know we can't do that as your friend. And I had to tell one friend this, I was like, listen, don't bring it up no more. <laughs> We've heard about that situation more than four times. Don't bring it up because we can't fix it. You need to go find somebody yeah. that can help you fix it because yeah. us as your friends, you can't put that weight on us. And uh -huh. then, yeah, you can't. Sure, that's I, good. Don't belong no, that's to good. it. That's good. That's good. Now that doesn't mean I don't want to be your friend. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's like you can't do that because it's it's yeah. not healthy. No, it's collateral damage. Right, and then you're, you find you, yourself yeah. crying, yeah. and you're like, "Why am I crying this week?" And yeah. it done connected because now, and we're going to talk about the spiritual part. It done connected, and so now it done triggered something in me that I'm thinking about that I wasn't even supposed to be thinking about, and I'm crying because you're crying. I don't want to cry because of you. I can cry on my own. Right. <laughs> no, that's good. That's the that's a whole nother. That's boundaries. But that's yeah. Whole, yeah. <clears throat> no, that's yeah. good. That's good. That's well, good. and then all of that leads to why we we created this podcast. We want to offer people uh, the ability. Yeah to change their thought process, to join our community and continue to follow us uh, in, in the sense that we're trying to help you get better. We're trying to be better so that we can all be better together. We can do right. that. I love that. And we I love can that. do that. I love the, the regal mindset. Yes. It's, it's all that you yes. Listen, it's because it Absolutely. is. Yes. 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 And we're entitled to it. Yeah, entitled to it, yes. and it's okay mm -hmm. to admit that. Yes, right. it is okay. Absolutely. That leads us to the next point. We Absolutely. have to, and we encourage promoting mental health well-being. Yeah. Yes, we understand why it's important to check in. We understand the behaviors. We understand the challenges that go to goes with that. We under we have some tools that Jacera have shared with us throughout throughout the night. Promoting mental health well-being. Now, the question for that is that what role does self-care play in maintaining good health, good uh, mental health? It's the blueprint. It's the foundation. Mm -hmm. It's the foundation for healthy behavior and mental health. And I'm not just talking, y'all, about getting a, a manicure and a pedicure. Right. Right. Okay. Beyond that, I'm talking about nurturing your soul. Mm. Sort of kind of what Joy was talking about with regards being in the community of people that will uplift you. Right. Particularly Absolutely. if you're one that's constantly pouring out. Being able to, yeah. yes, being intentional. So mm -hmm. when we talk about self-care, it's intentionality. Mm. It is the intentional act of nurturing yourself. That's my mm. definition. The intentional mm -hmm. act of nurturing yourself. And it's not looking for other people to do it, but it's intentional. You being intentional to go out and seek it. Right. Right. So that might right. look like certain um, connections, being around mm -hmm. certain people. That might also look like what Joy said, not being around certain people. So, right. right? Mm -hmm. I know that my friend is always heavy. 
and I need to be rejuvenated, I might not hang out with her that night. Mm -mm. Right? I might choose something different. It's also knowing when you need to rest. Right. Right? Right. On when to rest, when to stop, when to set, when to set boundaries. This is all self-care. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, so I want to take I, I want to de- yeah, I want to de- demystify this whole notion that self-care is just petty. Yeah, that's what social media uh-huh, right. tells us. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Go get your self-care. Get your hair done. Yes. Self-care is setting a healthy boundary. Mm-hmm. Self-care is going to bed and getting yourself decent sleep when you know that you a mean in when you only get four hours. <laughs> okay. Right. You right. understand? So it's being intentional, right? It's planning when you know you need to plan. Mm-hmm. You know the holiday is coming up. Woo. You might not want to be with that loved one, with that family member. And self-care says, listen, I only got two hours for you. Hmm. I gave you 15 minutes. It's good. 15 minutes. I got 15 <laughs> I can minutes. Take my piece. <laughs> I can right? take my piece at it's, all costs. It's prioritizing nurturing yourself. It can be prayer. It can be meditation. Mm. It can be sacred mm. books and sacred texts, right? But it's being very intentional about pouring back into you, especially mm. those of us who are constantly pouring out. Right. That you we be very that. intentional about pouring yeah. into you. That's what that, mu- yeah, that is the to music. Right. Yeah. You can just sit there and listen to music. Now, granted, you don't. Now, if you you mad and upset, you might not want to listen to some crime mob or knuck if you buck. Right. But it might, you might go listen to some Andre 3000, hear some flute because you need to come. Yeah, I'm going to say, and it's Andre 3000. I love it. It's nice. I got something else to say about that because I was going back and forth with somebody on Facebook about it because, you know, the church has already demonized it. I'm like, oh my God. No, it's the flu. And listen, it's and certain it's really vibrations. Nice. Well, certain vibrations and certain frequencies. Yeah, it's, it's and you need that. Emotional responses and mm. also helps to balance out the energy, your energy system. So this all works together. In my work, I tie that piece into this. And mm-hmm. that's a part of mental health for me as a therapist that I tie that into my work. And a lot of people, and I want to bring this up from a corporate perspective. Okay. If you are dealing with certain things where it's affecting even you at work your job most employers give you eap there's resources out there to where you can be anonymous as you want and no one is going to judge you for utilizing those free benefits that's at your employer let me tell you about one modern health is one Mm -hmm. okay out there modern health eap Um, okay for for people they that's nationwide if you want, um, if you're looking for therapeutic services and your company is a part of it, you get up to eight to 10 sessions. Right. And it's free. And they free. pay for Correct. it. Free. Correct. And I think a lot of people don't look at those that when you start jobs and I, cause I talk to a lot of different people and I try to coach them in particular ways and they don't look at those benefits. They look at medical dental vision. They don't look at the oh, life pressure. Yes. They don't look at the short-term disability yes. when you may yes. need that. And they don't look at EAP. And I learned early about yep. EAP. Yeah, That's so, awareness, though. Yeah, They, they may not be aware. That yeah. part. Read yeah. those benefits because if your employer offers it, one, it's okay. Because one thing, and I know that, and I don't know if people deal with this, 
even like a lot of employers, I would say I can I can think of at least eight employers now have even where they will help you through substance abuse. Yes. The thing is, you have to be able to come to them and say, I have a problem. If yeah. they come to you and say it's a problem, they're about to fire you. Correct. But if you go to them in yeah. confidence in HR and say, I have a problem, they are not going to terminate you. They're going to put you through that EAP program for substance abuse, hoping that you can get it together. So mm. there's resources out there. You don't have to be self-medicating. You don't have to, you know, now granted, if you want hardcore crack, you, you might need a little, little more <laughs> assistance. If you up there, yeah, if you up there tie, tying off and tapping <laughs> off. That's a different that's a different podcast. That's a, that's a, that's a different <laughs> What I'm saying is you got help if you just need a little help, you know. But if you in there and you, you selling stuff and people, you might need a little bit more. For sure. But but it but a lot of people don't know at work you do have these resources oh, yeah. that you can take advantage of. Yeah. I, I would even go so, so far as to say, and, and I'm glad you all brought that up. Uh, I think I've used it before in the past, but I do forget about it. And I feel like our community itself, because of the stigma with therapists and uh, having those kinds of conversation uh, are kind of touchy, are sensitive subjects. Uh, but I feel like we, we have to continue to have this conversation because one, when people go to, to get these jobs, they need to be aware of what those benefits are, how to be able to utilize them, if they even have them. Or if they don't have them, make sure you mention that so that those co mm -hmm. companies and corporations can, you know, maybe add that, you know, if they need to. But all of that is important for us as African-Americans and, and the LGBT exactly. space as well to be able to access those resources and utilize them to help us navigate these different scenarios or different situations in life so that we don't end up on, you know, on the news or in a TikTok reel as having domestic issues mm -hmm. with our partners or unhealthy or continuing down unhealthy relationships and just pouring our baggage or dumping our baggage off on other people because we've not yet been responsible or accountable enough to deal with our own stuff. Exactly. We and I think they people change that. I'm sorry. No, yeah, go ahead. We it's safe. No, it's safe. And I think a lot of people don't capture that. Like, it's okay. It doesn't, just because you're handling your mental health doesn't mean you're crazy. Right. Because in a Southern Black household, you're crazy. Yeah. And that was the topic. So you didn't want to mm -hmm. have that, that I'm, well, I'm not crazy. No, you are. <laughs> you too. Yeah. You're crazy that you won't go get help. You're crazy that you're going to continue to sit with that day after day, year after year, and then spew it on the next person. That's where them unhealthy relationships in parenting, unhealthy yeah. relationships in, um, with your partner, yeah. unhealthy relationships with the dog sometimes. Yeah. Because you have not sat there. Yeah. No, and, and I'm going to throw something out there that I had to deal with. I, when I was going through counseling, I hate opening mail because I didn't want to deal with what was in there. See? So I would push it See? off. And, and I didn't know that was a problem, but I would come in and it'd be stacks of mail and stuff that I would miss. And I'd be like, I didn't even get that email. I didn't. And then I'm like, it was right there for a whole month. And my therapist had to take me through. She was like, go get that mail and let's open it. Open it. It, it would give my, my heart would jump. And it could Anxiety. be simply saying that 
this is not a bill. This is just, it could be something, <laughs> something as simple. But in my head, if I opened it, it was going to cause like some type of hell and brimstone. I don't know what it was. Okay. Can, can I just say this? And I know we're at our time. A okay. lot, a lot of behaviors, unhealthy behaviors in the black community are inter and intragenerational. A lot of the mm-hmm. things called curses mm-hmm. are exposure to bad habits. Mm-hmm. And because of being in those environments, we repeat the same thing. Goes back yes. to what I said earlier. This is called epigenetics. You're in the same environment. You stay in this environment, you're going to produce the same thing. But the moment right. you get into a different environment, the likelihood of you producing and being something else is greater, right? Right. So right. part of breaking it, what we call generational curses, or I'm going to say in a clinical sense, bad, um, unhealthy mindsets and patterns is to intentionally expose yourself to something different. Got you. That's good. That's good. Absolutely. Well, I know, like we mentioned, we're at our time. Actually, we're a couple minutes over. Uh, I don't want to hold you, just Sarah, for uh, from anything. This has that been you so have. delicious. Oh, absolutely. Listen, we're we're gonna reshow this or run this. Yeah, loop it back because I want, you know, people to walk away with a better sense of, you know, the importance and the um, severity of checking in one and, and, and developing healthy habits, better yeah. relationships and, and all of those things, all the tools that you gave us tonight. So I first want to say thank you so much for allowing us, us the time to be able to come onto this platform and share your knowledge, your experience as an expert to help our community uh, be better to get better. Absolutely. I'm so Joy, do you have something you want to share? Thank you. I'm just sitting there thinking like with the nuggets and the information that we got tonight, I want everybody to send over your card information and your medical so she can bill you because listen, that was some good stuff. That, that was a whole session. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. We don't fix everybody now. Exactly. I am so thankful and so appreciative that you gave us this because it's so helpful. It's so needed. And thank you. Thank yes. you for one, being affirming and being welcoming. Because, you know, the community does need that. It's, it's yeah. mm-hmm. you know, with the rejection all the way around yeah. and yeah. just being available. We definitely please give us your website information so that we can capture that, yeah, that. Um, so that people can that do want to, to participate. If you can help them or if you need to direct them, you know, in a different way, yeah. you know, please. So- Absolutely. So I'll give you my web address. And I was going to ask you all if I could share with you all later on, give you a list of resources. Okay, yeah. Community that you can post on if you have a website or your, you know, yes, your yeah. page that you can post. Um, so my website is www.createyourownoasis.com. And once again, I'm licensed in the state of um, Florida, Maryland, and Georgia. We mm-hmm. have a team of clinicians that are ready to serve you. Um, we are, I like to call us, we're inclusive, integrative, and holistic. Mm, so our approach is not just clinical. You might get a little um, sound bath therapy. You might get some meditation. You might even get an oracle card reading. 
It's mm-hmm. I incorporate all of that because when I That's work good. with marginalized people and people of color, a huge part of our mental health is connected to our spirituality, not right. religion, but our spirituality. Spirituality. So I have to bring that as a competent, culturally competent clinician. I bring that into the space, right? So there yes. is there's my information. Um, you can reach out that way or email me at create your own oasis LLC at gmail.com. And we're here to support. I am so grateful to you, Keisha and Thank Joy. You. I love it. Thank I hope you. y'all have me back. I love y'all. Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> so of let me back. <laughs> you Absolutely. are welcome anytime. Yes, this is something that we, our community needs, and we're going to do everything we can to bring these resources and and feed them. Yeah, you know that's our job. We're going to feed you the information you need to get the help. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Great. Well, ladies, that's all I have for right now. I'm going to go ahead and end this session. You guys can stay on if you if you want to. Um, right. But I'm going to go ahead and end the session. I would just say to everybody that's watched us tonight, please like, please follow. It doesn't cost you anything. It's not going to cost you anything to like, to follow, and to share our content. We're growing our community. And like we said throughout this whole show, Our purpose is to be intentional about providing information and resources that is going to help you live a better life, a healthier life, right? Mm -hmm. And so that we can all be better people. We can all help one one another. We can all do that. And again, it's not going to cost anybody to share, to like uh, the content so that the people who need to get it, to people who need to hear it, have access to it. Okay. Right. You can reach out to us on our website. We're going to link uh, just Sarah's information on our website and our Facebook page. And uh, I believe there's another place that we can put it out as well. I want to say TikTok as well. Uh, so we're going to make sure that you can reach out to her if you need to speak to her. Uh, thank you, ladies, again. It was wonderful. I loved it. But uh, until next time, y'all have a real positive. Okay. Absolutely. Stay positive.